Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson, and today I'm joined by my co-host and brother from another mother, Barbie MTG. How's it going, bro? I am exhausted, Bradley. Absolutely exhausted. Oh, you're exhausted. I am 100% exhausted. I did something the other day that I haven't done ever, but in the spirit of living in Virginia, which is a beautiful place, I went on my first hike the other day. Oh, that's exciting. I actually had a first yesterday as well. Yeah. I had, to, I had to emergency leave uh, halfway through MPL League play to take my sick dog to a vet. <laughs> oh, so we're, we pretty much had the same weekend. Oh, yeah, you're you saying. were hiking yeah. in beautiful nature with your puppers, and I was yeah. si- sitting in a parking lot because of COVID for over three hours waiting to hear back about uh, my dog's well-being. Well, I'm just glad you get, you know, my personal experience here. It sounds like we really kind of did the same thing. Uh, really adventurous weekends from both of us, it sounds like. We did. I did go to a new area I've never been because all of the vets close to us were closed. And so we had to drive about 45 minutes. Oh, every, everything's good. She's doing good. She's she's a little under the weather now today, but she's taking she's keeping food and water down. So that's good. Well, excellent, excellent. I'm glad your dog can completely derail my story, but thank you. (laughs) Well, you know, she can keep food and water down, unlike our special guest, but we'll get... We'll get to that soon. Before we go any further, who the hell is our special guest? <laughs> you can why, find why can't they eat solid foods or drink any beverages? I'm intrigued. <laughs> yes. But before we get to that, you know, we'll keep it on a cliffhanger. Uh, you can find this podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Look those out, follow us on there, and you'll get our weekly updates whenever new episodes come out. Now, yes. that, that, that does bring us to our special guests, but not the reason that they're on the episode. Uh, okay. Because they should you know, just I, go to the doctor right now instead of being on the episode, I must say. Oh, that, but, you know. that is true, but their commitment is is on another level. Okay, uh, okay. We wanted to bring in someone that has beaten two hosts of the Bachelors podcast in League Play this in the last couple of weeks. Uh, first, they uh, beat me. They beat me last week. Okay, I'm not in the League Play, so I already think this is fake news, but... Well, you don't know because we have had another host previously, and that is not other than Andrea Magucci. Oh, of course, yes. And this past weekend, Brian Brown doing smash Andrea just like he smashed me. And Mm. so thank you, Brian Brown doing for being on the podcast. That was the longest special guest (laughs) intro I believe we've ever had. Very convoluted shit, but how you doing? Doing great. It is an honor to be here, uh, and it was an honor to have my only two wins be against two people who have been or are current hosts on the Bash Bros podcast. That's not true. I won more matches of magic. That is that. true. But also, yeah, don't 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 uh, sell yourself short. You actually won more matches this past weekend than I did. That is true. In fact, I was going to make a joke about how one other thing that you and Corey have in common is that neither of you won a match of magic this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> right now that might be a little too harsh Corey through not playing brad through yeah not winning um oh yeah. <laughs> but mostly brian i really really need to know how you get through life on a daily basis without drinking or eating anything like what what's going on in that basement and like you know click Corey, the keyboard twice that, that you are mishearing what i'm saying we are done with fake news that shit is over oh okay I, okay I said 
can't keep it down. Yeah. Oh, much better. Okay. Why are you vomiting out all your drinks and food? I sorry. I need to clarify that. Uh, because I'm just so up, you know, on an emotional level that it would be betrayal to myself to be able to keep things down. Nice. Good answer. Good answer. We'll give you that one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say that he can't keep any of his food down, much like Mikey's can't keep their loss percentage down. Uh, actually, they've won the last two weeks. Oh, shit. And, yeah, they, and, they are 3-5. And they did beat the Packers, who many thought were the best team in the NFC. Mm. So. I so mean, it they, looks like they, we've screwed so just, up every intro joke that we could possibly do correct. this podcast. But, yeah. but statistically, <laughs> the Packers are the number one team in the NFC. Uh, are they? They might be. That hits, I mean, that I, hits home because me and Brad are from North Dakota. And North Dakota, when it comes to those teams, you're either a diehard Vikings fan or you hate them to death. So you're a Green Bay fan by default. Those are the, those are the only two remotely close uh, teams, basically. I mean, there, there's those options. There's also you're just uh, racist. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> look, look, there's two impressive things about North Dakota. Well, one's not that impressive. They, they, they voted for Trump. The other is impressive. They voted for a dead guy. I mean, we can't really value their opinions. <laughs> that is that was pretty absurd. That was pretty insane. All right, I'm trying to do something currently. Oh, no, I'm spilling. I'm trying to move coffee from one cup to the other for no good reason besides I like the other cup. Wow. And I failed. <laughs> Much like this past weekend, I failed. This podcast went a different direction than I thought. I didn't realize we were doing uh, two hosts, one cup. Oh, sorry. <laughs> one, one host, two cups. I'm sorry. One host, yeah. two cups. Yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the sequel, Brian. It's the sequel, a much less disturbing, uh, disturbing video, but still quite messy. Is it less disturbing? That's the question we're all, one of us is asking ourselves right now. I feel like this is a, uh, this is a good time, a great time to to transition and talk about uh, some of our lovely uh, sponsors. Um, First up, up, this, the, Bachelor's Podcast is the official website of MTG Melee. If you've never heard of MTG Melee, you can go to mtgmelee.com and see a bunch of awesome tournaments on there. It is tournament software, uh, and they've got all the big hitters. They've got tournament EU running Red Bull events, Star City Games, Channel, Fireball. We even got Big Magic now. If you don't know what Big Magic is, it is a Japanese store running tournaments uh, almost daily. And there are a bunch of upcoming events that I want to get through real quick, too. To let you know, if you are looking to play Magic this weekend, you can go and play in the CFB Clash Qualifier number four. Now, usually they only have one Saturday flight, but this time, since it's the last one, they have two. One started at 9 a.m. Eastern and the other at 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, On day one, you can either get three consecutive wins or go in totality five and four or better to make day two. And then day two is single elimination for $5,000 in prizes. Top 16 qualify for 64-person finals worth $30,000 that are up for grabs in that tournament. So pretty exciting stuff. Oh, Cashola. 
Next up, Corey and I will be playing this. It's the F2K United Invitational. Now you can sign up for this if you're listening because it is in fact an invitational, but a lot of awesome streamers are gonna be playing in this. Brad, are you um, saying none of those streamers listen to this podcast? Because some of them can go log into it right now. Oh, that is true. They they can <laughs> sign up, but that's really not helpful. <laughs> um, they have the special code, wink, wink. Um, but this tournament is just a, a fun chance for a lot of streamers and players and influencers to get to battle. Um, I'm mostly excited to beat the shit out of Croakies. Oh, he's uh, playing, huh? Goal. Yeah, Crokey's is playing. I just want to beat the shit out of him. Nice. Not, not for any real reason, but I like punching down. Yeah, I... Oh, oh. Brutal, <laughs> brutal. No, I, I love these style of events, and I just missed them, you know, when it came to, like, fandom. You know, fandom, mm -hmm. Twitch rivals, it felt like we had so many of those, and all of a sudden, they were just gone. So I'm really looking forward to playing in this tournament on Saturday. Yeah, and, and if you're excited, and if you're going to be at home watching this tournament... um. All of us are going to be streaming, so go watch those. But please show some love to the Fade to Karma Twitch. Twitch, that's where official coverage is going to be at. If they if they see good numbers, then this thing could grow. This thing could turn into something awesome. Yeah. So if you're watching, throw throw that stream up. Uh, give it a whirl this weekend. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, hopefully, everything goes smooth. Um, and I'm pretty excited. I, I mean, I have to get up really early, but whatever. Mm -hmm. It'll be fun. Next up is the NRG Series Online Trial Number 4. That is Modern. They're, they've been running qualifiers um, the last few months, so go check their tournament series out. And last, but well, certainly Brad, you not really, fucking you least. Really, you really jumped over the modern tournament here. It's it's like you don't like modern or something. Oh, no, I, I, I love <laughs> modern. I love playing with Fetchlands and Omnoth and Grow Spiral and, and, uh, and what else is in the format? <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's the entire cool. format. You're right. <laughs> I hear Eldrazi Tron's still playable, and I own that deck, so that's pretty cool. Never has been. Never has been. It's not playable anymore? Never was playable. Shit. All right. <laughs> All right, but the, the last term we're going to be promoting, uh, which uh, is, is last but certainly not least, oh, is the no. Bash Bros Battles this Sunday at 9 a.m. This is our third time doing it. Corey and I will be streaming battling all of our patrons it's a fun time the last two have, have been a blast oh uh, yeah there's a thousand dollars of our sponsor our lovely sponsor bcw supplies credit up for grabs for the top eight and also there'll be bounties on Corey and his eyes head because each time that we top eight we uh just throw our prizes on as bounties so the first person that beats me will get actually second place money a 200 dollars <laughs> gift <laughs> a coupon for BCW supplies, $100 for whoever beats Corey first. And yeah. that's not it, though, because Heptagon, one of the coolest cats around, oh, is, yeah. offering, great. is offering $500 of their own money to whoever wins the tournament. So that that's so if you win first place, you will receive $400 in BCW supplies credit and $500 in cold hard cash. And that's not even it. If you win the whole thing, we book you a press conference at Four Seasons Total Landscape. <laughs> landscaping. Yeah, we'll, yeah, the, after, the, after party, the after party will be there. <laughs> yeah, we give you an all expense paid trip to Philadelphia. You'll be staying at the Four Seasons. <laughs> oh, God. It's still so good. That may be. 
one of the funniest things that, and we talked about this a little bit in the pre-show, but <laughs> just the fact that Saturday Night Live like looks at that story and they're like, no, nah, we can't change anything to that. That's already perfect. There's no way we can parody that story anymore. <laughs> oh my God, it, it had me cracking up. I just gotta say though, like congrats to Brad's round one opponent in the Bash Bros podcast battle. Second place <laughs> money. Just right just, away. Yeah, just for random pairings. That <laughs> is impressive. Brian, we gonna get you to uh, join this Bash Bros battle number three? Sorry, uh, you're breaking up, Corey. What did you say? <laughs> I said, will you join us at the Four Seasons Total Landscaping event? So, current historic archetypes. Uh, <laughs> there's Mono Red Burn. That's one of, that's one of them. Oh, that's, shit, we haven't, even, we haven't even announced what our episode is. All right, so... <laughs> Brian just likes to read stuff when he gets nervous. <laughs> what are you talking about, nervous? I don't know anything. What are you talking about? I mean, you can you can just be honest. You 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 have a very busy Sunday. You're that doing all correct. those important businessy business things. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. You have to yeah, deal like, with a lot of foots and a lot of balls. You know, and, and where, maybe and in that order. order food from. Yes, most <laughs> of the balls. Yeah. It's... Okay. Okay. No, but ballista is not in this set, Brian. That we're about to talk about. You don't have to worry about those. Oh, he's not a ball. He's a ball sack. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. Sorry. Ah, my my coffee is delicious. Did you look it off your desk or did you actually drink it from the cup? Those jokes were not. (laughs) All right, so let's let's actually get into our topic for today. Um, We are going to be going over historic, actually, and Kaladesh Revisited. Um, is, Is the last set that they came out with was called Remastered, right? But now they call this one Revisited or are they all Revisited? This one's this one's mastered. This is remastered, yeah. 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 Oh, someone just made the title of this Kaladash Revisited. Yes. Yeah, that's not to, correct. to purposely throw you off, I did indeed do that. Yep. Yeah, that's bullshit. You get things wrong and then you try to cover it up. We all no. know it. We <laughs> no, don't, don't even don't no 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 no. Don't even try that shit with me, Corey. I've known you for almost 30 years. I really I know didn't know game. it was called Remastered. I just put Revisited because I figured that would be a cool podcast title. Did you? Well, that, yeah. now, I even, now I'm judging you even more. I prefer, re- I prefer Reloaded or Revolutions. Oh, hell s- yeah. Let's, let's do a Matrix. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> for my sequels, yeah. Yeah. Sounds let's, great. Let's do that. Sounds great. Give me the blue pill. Did... So you want to stay in the Matrix? You know what? I don't even know anymore. I don't even know anymore. I mean, Twitter's safe, right? Twitter's the, you know, <laughs> it's That's a safe fair. place. <laughs> so safe. It's very, it's very inclus- inclusive and <laughs> great place very friendly for to, to share everyone. ideas. Yeah, good yeah. place for families to hang and, and just relax and have a good time. Good place for yeah. families to hang and friends to bang. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, if you have like an idea that's a little off the wall that you haven't fleshed out about a very contentious issue, you should definitely <laughs> post it on Twitter. <laughs> yes, and, and, and and when you have more comments than likes, remember to respond to all of them. Every voice matters. <laughs> it feels like we're talking about a specific thing, but I I I couldn't imagine what it would be. 
<laughs> All right, Kaladesh remastered. <laughs> we got it right. <laughs> All right, so let's let's actually let's start let's start hammering this one down now. All right. Uh, for for historic fans, we're getting a huge dump of um, old cards. Dump mm-hmm. is the important word there. Oh yeah. Oh, dude, I got to remind me to show you something, Brian, from the newest John Oliver. Okay. Uh, a lot of a lot, he does these little skits. They're like they're they're called now this, where it's like two minutes of something funny, and the one for this week was during um all the elections. You know all the news stations that were watch, keeping up to date with the elections. Every time like they thought that like uh, a state will say, "Hey, we're going to have a large swath of votes coming in, and we'll get you those numbers eleven p.m." and that and then the the verbiage used on camera for that. Tr- change to dump so people would just be like there's we're gonna have a huge dump at 11 and, and, like, and like so there's like a three minute thing and after this podcast come upstairs and watch it it's so good and it's just different things people are saying it's like and we're gonna get two dumps in nevada yeah. <laughs> we're just waiting for that big dump from arkansas you know like sponsored like by that. starbucks <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really good. You'll you'll fucking love it. Oh, that's um, that sounds hilarious. <laughs> it was so good. It had me just rolling. But uh <laughs> but yeah, a huge dump of artifact and energy cards just came out from Kaladesh Remaster. Now this set came out about what four years ago? Um God, something like that, right? I mean, I I remember September it was, 2016. And that is is that because that's the day you won worlds and it got announced? That's that is around the time frame, yes. Yeah, because yeah, it remember- was it was right about then because I watched Worlds <laughs> and then just basically copied that deck to get to the Kaladesh Pro Tour. So yeah, that makes sense. I was also gonna say something also humble Briggy that uh, I I was doing the panel there for Kaladesh at, at, at BBD's Worlds. Jesus Christ, we are all so full of ourselves. It's I mean, mine was winning a PTQ, so I, that's not too braggy there, but. It still is. We all navigated to something like big in our lives. <laughs> all, so I, all I just We're said so was the up. date. All I said was the date in which it came out. How is that? You guys are projecting that on me. I never said anything else. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That is a good point. <laughs> it's a hundred percent valid point. We are all highly valued members of our community who are smart and handsome, and you should listen Speak to us for yourself. All right, so. <laughs> All right, so I thought to break to break down his historic. It's not easy, right? It's anytime a set gets more and more cards in it, um, it's it's more difficult to actually like. It's a bigger you know dartboard to hit a bullseye on. So like, and, and historic also, has to be the one set that is the most confusing set to break down in the history of time because there is just random cards thrown in there. You know, sets pop oh, in just whenever. Oh, yeah. like, and it even gets more confusing when you call a format a set. I'm just going to let you know that. Well, well, that's what you said. So, yeah. Historic is a set? No, you, you said historic is a set just a second ago. Did I? Yes. <laughs> All right. Adam, Adam, this, this, is, this is bullshit. <laughs> All right. 
fuck, we're bad at this. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let's just scrap this whole episode and just 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 end it here. Yeah, let's just <laughs> call it what it's dead already. Is this the wrong time for me to say that Kaladesh is probably my least favorite magic set of all time? <laughs> well, that's just that's that's because you didn't do a lot of winning while it was out. Yeah, because every single card was unfun. But Corey and I won so much during this time. Yeah, this was a good time for me. That's for sure. Hey, we had our awesome GP moment together. That was cool. That was like a year and a half later. Yeah, I suppose it was, huh? Oh, yeah, it was. Well, I mean, Kaladesh here, the one the one good thing about adding all these cards to Historic is there are so many more busted cards printed since then, and with all the cards they've added to Historic, I do not think Kaladesh is going to take over. I mean, it will have an impact, of course, because there is some powerful things that you can be doing, but I, I'm very interested to see if this has, like, you know, more than like maybe one new deck, maybe some functional upgrades to decks. Like, I'd be shocked if there are a lot of new decks that pop up outside of like maybe Marvel, which we'll talk about a little later. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. But I just want to bring up another random thing, not about our subject, because why not? Oh, sure. Yeah. Do you do you realize that us talking about Kaladesh, this this format was like it's it's old, right? It's it's remastered. It's coming to arena. Yeah. But like. Looking back at this, this shit helped me get into MPL. <laughs> like, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> yeah. It's it feels so long ago, and I guess it's not. <laughs> Wait, yeah, how, really how was that? How did it help you get into MPL? Those GPs were at the beginning of that season. Mm-hmm. Denver was were at they? the Yes, Denver was at the beginning of the the season mm-hmm. that got people into MPL. Yeah, the MPL season, after, like, the first Pro Tour, I was still in, like, second or third, even though I bombed the Pro Tour, but I just was crushing GPs. And then if I just, like, did somewhat decent at any of the following Pro Tours, I would have been an MPL, but I just shit off the last uh, half of the year. That was definitely this year, yep. This is when Seth won his Pro Tour. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun time. That was a fun time. That That was when I got back into Pro Magic. So it has a special spot in my heart, even if I didn't do well at the Pro Tours, just getting to hang with everyone again and do the whole Pro Tour testing thing. It was really sweet. And honestly, my fondest memory from Kaladesh was actually limited for this. Not that it was like that great of a format, but it was still in the old system where we just got the set and we had like a week to play, right? So in, in team testing or team drafts actually had value. You know, now we get the set like two weeks before the pro tours were actually, um, before we actually played the pro tour and you could just test online. And that's kind of all we did. What are you talking about? The pro tours now just happened right before a set rotates. (laughs) Well, I was saying when we could still go to, never mind. Just just segue into the next topic. How about that? Maybe the first topic. Um, All right. Let's actually, let's actually break into historic. So, uh, the format's big and vast, and there's a lot of shit to to try to uncover before we actually like implement the cards. So the way we're going to break this episode down is we're just going to quick go through what's actually in Historic and what cards from Kaladesh might go in or be good against them. Uh, we're going to miss things, of course, so so, so bear with us. Um, and then after that, we're going to end with the topic with potential archetypes that are going to be created because of the set. And I think that's the best way to try to take our first you know, bite out of this. Now the set 
is out by the time that this episode goes up and we're all going to be starting to play it. But these are just our first thoughts before um before we it, get to play releases. Yeah. yeah, before we actually get to play in it. So without without uh, going too deep into historic, these are like what I consider the top the tier one through three decks, I would guess. Uh, and in no particular order, we've got like Mono Red Burn, Azurius Auras, Mono Green Stompy, Gruel Aggro, Goblins, Mono Black Aggro, Jun Sacrifice, Sultai Four Color Midrange, Azurius Control, could still be Band Control, but Azurius Control for sure, Rakdos Arcanist, and Teamer Neostorm. And I probably missed a few, and that's already a really long list of decks that I consistently see in tournaments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Historic has been one of those formats that has had a lot of decks. I wouldn't say as super open because I remember when we went to our premium tournament, you know, it was just Junsac, Sol uh, Sultai, and Goblins that proved to be the best. But since then, what, like, Burning Tree Emissary got unbanned for Gruul? Um, and, and things have changed since, I believe, what, the Mythic Invitational was the last big historic event? Does that sound uh, about, yeah. Is that the last time y'all played? Well, the, yeah. the, the grand finals was a split format of 32 people. And, and so right. was like, yeah. and so was the, the Red Bull uh, finals was split format 32 people or 16 okay. people, excuse me. But yeah, like these were, these were somewhat big. And um, there's a few decks that I, I don't, I think a set came out in between the grand finals and the mythic invitational as well. Right. Um, Maybe it didn't. I mean, just our current standard set, right? Zendikar Rising, oh, okay. I guess, yeah, right? That, that might have been it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can I tell that we are all historic experts at this point. I mean, that's, that's the one thing that you can take away with this episode so far, is just we all know exactly what's going on in historic. Well, I mean, I actually think that I know pretty decently. It's just like the format isn't hyper played right i mean i think there's a lot of people that do play it uh but it's not it's not tech to tech upon like people are still just playing uh outdated decks from like the grand finals like i see four color yeah. mid-range everywhere i don't know how actually good that was it didn't even perform that well in the tournament but you know because it says no to sacrifice stuff uh people are still playing it i maybe it's good enough but was that um, just omnath i mean wait no omnath was banned right yeah no four color mid-range is soul tie with yasharn Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, I think the first thing to to take note for is not a ton of these decks are going to get upgrades on the Fastlands. Um, because, yeah. because the Fastlands are, if, if memory serves right, this cycle are all enemy colored. Yeah, and, they are. And mm. a lot of the, for whatever reason, a lot of the <clears throat> dual pair decks in there's either monocolor decks or a lot of ally color decks like Azurius Control, Azurius Auras, Gruel Agro, um, Rakdos Arcanist. So um, there are a few um, decks like Teamer Neostorm that might actually like this, but also at the same time, sometimes the fourth mana is the most crucial for a deck like Teamer Neostorm. So, mm -hmm. or even Junk Sacrifice, right? Like for Collected Company, I feel like you can maybe dabble in some mm -hmm. of those, but you don't want a lot. Yeah, and so like fast lands are gonna be good in some places, but the mana's already good. It's just very shock heavy. So the thing, if anything, that I feel like fast lands are gonna do is create maybe new aggressive archetypes, but more importantly, um are are not really gonna have that big of an impact on the current metagame itself, which is pretty interesting to see a new cycle of lands 
doesn't look like it's going to impact the current metagame as much, but that's kind of how lands work, right? The format evolves around lands. So just mm -hmm. the inclusion of these technically seven, if you want to include Spire for any decks that play artifacts or uh, uh, Aether Hub will be creating new archetypes in and of itself. Maybe Golgari uh, decks will be able to more aggressively splash. Um, yeah, yeah it's Formats, no, like you said, formats revolve around their mana base, so it's it's way more likely that new lands are going to create new decks that can now be a deck because they finally have a playable mana base than like slot into an existing deck that already is there because it has good mana. Mm -hmm. Just generally how that how that plays out. Yeah, the only thing I see that really has the possibility of popping up when it comes to <clears throat> fast lands is like uh, vehicle-based aggressive decks just because we saw those in standard and then like like you said three color like scales decks like abzan scales with like conclave mentor and winding constrictor and then maybe the energy package but i think i, I think the mana base was just already in like teamer colors that you probably don't want fast lands when you can't play curve out into whatever four drops you play or glory bringer or whatever the new top end is going to be in those kind of shells well, you're talking about, so a lot of the cards that you were mentioning are coming out in Kaladesh, but like, I mean, from even that spot, like, I don't have a lot of high hopes for those archetypes, personally. Neither do I. Neither do I. But I'm saying if, if, those, if those have a chance of being revitalized with the cards that were already in Historic, you know, just looking back at the shells of Kaladesh, those were the kind of decks that took advantage of Fastlands. I don't know if they'll be good enough, and I don't think they're good enough as they were. They, they're going to need some upgrades from the historic pool already. Um, oh, for sure. Um, and, and, that, and that's the, that brings us to the next card I want to talk about is Heart of Kieran. Now, Heart of Kieran was kind of a disturbingly good magic card. And one of the things we saw really good with was three mana Planeswalkers. Now, this format has some three mana Planeswalkers, but um, are there any that are actually like good enough to compete right now i i don't know like god just think how good that card would be with oko holy right, we're shit not, we're not gonna go down that, that nerd <laughs> it'd be so good though yeah it would be absurd but like you know like a heart of kieran now this is the kind of card that i feel like you know you'd want in a mono green stompy but you're that's a coco deck uh mm -hmm. it, you would you would potentially want to run it in a mono black aggro and that might be a good place a heart of kieran deck loves themselves the thoughtsies Thoughtseize Heart of Karen into something with three power sounds and, sounds really great. Scrounger is coming back, so I could definitely see Mono Black Aggro wanting that. Because it's also good against like Extinction Event and stuff that the Sultite decks were pretty good at doing. Sorcery speed removal, basically. Yeah, but then the, the problem that I have with it is like Heart of Karen almost looks like it was future shifted from Throne of Eldraine, like from the power level, right? It seemed out of mm -hmm. place in the power level in Kaladesh, in my opinion, or maybe it was pretty close to it, but it just feels like a Throne of Eldraine card, because, like, it's, I think it's just going to get embarrassed by Embercleave. It's like, I have this Heart of Kieran. It's like, cool, take 12. Yeah, Kaladesh was just as bad as Throne in terms of power level. I mean, Heart was one of the cards that didn't get banned, so... Yeah. 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 Like, I, would, I wouldn't say that Kaladesh and... Kaladesh and Throne of Eldraine, there's a lot of comparisons to be drawn there. Yeah, there are. And, and so, you know... Card of Karen might see some decent play. It, it might not, but um, it does give those 
mid-rangey creature decks um, that have a minimal disruption uh, a, a good threat. And the best thing about a heart, heart of Carrot is you don't have to turn it on. And so games can be postured like that. It's like, sure, tap out. And then and then I'm going to smack you with this Heart of Karen. And, the, and those yeah. things are good. But I don't even think that those are the, like, we're talking about the most powerful things. I actually think one of the most subtly powerful cards um, in that that is coming back is actually Saram. That'll just supercharge the Azorius Auras decks. Yeah, because um, now they have eight of that effect, right? Because they already had, I yeah. forget the name of the other two drop. But yeah, that deck was already pretty... Pretty scary, and certain, certain it was very polarizing matchups from what I remember. It just smashed some decks, and then just had some matchups where it basically couldn't win. But yeah, for those who don't remember, of course, Spirit Dancer, or sorry, what Saram Senior Edificer does is colorless white two two legendary creature. Uh, whenever you cast an aura equipment or vehicle spell, draw a card, and so this works with Core Spirit Dancer to turn on all of your auras for cantrips. So having eight of that effect gives the deck an absurd amount of consistency compared to one it only has four. I mean, it's just like, we've seen this before with Boggle Strategies. You go from four to eight and it actually supercharges the deck. Yeah, I believe that. I don't know what you think, Brian, about that. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I think with only four, it's not that impressive. But yeah, once once you get up to eight, like. Especially with the London Mulligan and stuff, you can pretty easily get a hand that's very playable. Much like it's, it's significantly easier to get a playable hand. And with a deck like this, it doesn't really matter if you start down cards against a lot of decks because you're going to draw so many cards. So like it, you know, these kinds of decks really take advantage of, which or depending on how you view it, abuse the London Mulligan. Mm. And adding a, a huge amount of consistency to a deck like that is is pretty powerful, I think. So, so, so do you guys think uh, this is a completely different deck? But do you guys think going from four to eight of the scales effect, the Winding Constrictor, Conclave Mentor? Do you think that deck can have a chance, or is it just those two drop creatures are just kind of so easy to deal with, and they're not not up to the power level of historic? I think no, because the power of those decks in the past, I don't think fell directly on like Winding Constrictor. Because mm. like the Auras deck relies on those creatures to be a functional deck. But yeah. like a, a green black constrictor deck can win games where it doesn't draw constrictor or where constrictor dies. Constrictor is just a powerful card in that deck. It's not like what makes the deck function. I don't it's know. It's also your pay your only payoff. The, the payoff for Constrictor decks in the past was Walking Ballista, being able to have multiple avenues to win, mm. um, and, and and the Fireball effect, right? There's a lot of games where you couldn't present Lethal, but you could if you had a Walking Ballista. Yeah. And, and now it's all combat-related. So even if, like, a Walking Ballista strategy to me just falls in this category of there might be a week that it might have a good chance if... If even if, like it's a strong if, but if it does, then even if it becomes an archetype, it'll get squashed immediately. Like the format mm -hmm. will be able to very easily beat it because it's super one dimensional and it doesn't <laughs> have it doesn't have a lot of power behind it being a one dimensional deck. Yeah, I'm totally with you. And I remember just even back in the day, whenever the scales decks became pretty decent. Oh, here came Glorybringer and the rest of the team or energy crew to absolutely annihilate them. and. That strategy will be played 
at least for the first you know couple weeks and then who knows it might not be good enough anymore but i mean that's one archetype that just smashed it back in the day oh yeah i, I actually want to uh sorry i want to say something about heart of kieran but well like before we get too far away from where we we're talking about that mm-hmm. it's just that uh Kroxa and Uro are both also really strong with Heart of Kirin. Uh, you can play mm. them through Heart of Kirin and then sacrifice them to their, you know, ability. So Yeah. No, that is uh, sweet. I, I I tried kind of a, a Rakdos mid-range deck, kind of that we played at like Dominaria, that was pretty popular there. And just supercharged it with Kroxa and and stuff like that, just to try on versus. And there were some really cool subtle interactions. Another one that was really uh cool was Bomat when you activate the ability to discard cards, it actually feeds Croxa in the graveyard and you get the cards. It was, it was a little cute interaction. I don't know if that's going to, you know, stand the test of time and, and actually be powerful, but it was cute. Yeah. I mean, I think Croxa is certainly more than Uro because just based on the style of decks that would prefer heart. But yeah, I, I do think yeah. that that's an interaction that I would be surprised if we don't see in historic. I agree. I yeah, that is good. That. G- giving, Giving that Crooks a cast two things to do always feels better. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, besides the just the effect, getting a little bit out of it. Um, uh, those turns always feel a lot better. Um, but yeah, like, uh, and then and then you know talking about these and and Crooks and black things, uh, it it seems like a good place to go to Fatal Push. Now Fatal yeah. Push was a very big All Star and standard, but um, my concern and I think you know. Corey, you brought this up to me before we even did the podcast. Was mm-hmm. without true fetch lands, and and with where this format kind of lives, it it, it doesn't. Who knows where Fatal Push actually goes? Now, to be fair, there's ways around the 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 revolt, right? Because you have Uro. Uro works really well with Fatal Push. Yeah, and we yeah. do still have Fabled Passage. You know, I mean, we do still have one. Yeah, yeah. um, for sure. But yeah, fa- I I think that Fatal Push. Like you know, probably does potentially have a home in these Sultai and four color mid range decks mm-hmm. uh, because of its flexibility. Uh, but at the same time, like black removal, like usually isn't technically the biggest issues that a format like this will have because there's so many options. Yeah, like there's so many re- different removal spells, and Fatal Push now just slots itself in right beside Blood Chiefs. Thirst, and now you know you have all the different two mana removals and and things of that nature to choose from. Um, but it is cool that one of the most powerful and best standard removal spells of all time is introducing itself to this format. So we'll probably see this, you know, be a good way to fight decks like, you know, black red, uh, Arachdos Arcanists, and these Azurius Auras decks because instant speed is so much better than. And sorcerer speed when it comes to killing these things yeah even goblins and stuff too it, it i think you said it exactly right fatal push will just slot in and it'll just be a metagame shift it's just a metagame call of what you want your split to be between heartless act blood chiefs thirst fatal push blah blah blah. but yeah it doesn't doesn't seem like anything that's going to redefine the metagame of removal um you know in a format without fetch lines yeah i, I think mean, you i think when you said that cheap options already existed that was that's the key point there it's like you're you're getting a little bit better option here with fatal push but it's not something that didn't exist before yeah, yeah like the 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 pros of it right it kills shark typhoon <laughs> tokens it, it's better against teamer nero neostorm because 
with the uh, the trigger on the stack if they don't have any other creature sense. You know, you can say go with one black now against four mana against Neo Storm and don't die. Because when they play the 2-1 in response to it, you can kill it. Yeah, um, that is pretty big. I, sharks aren't that big of a part of Historic anymore, really, are they? Or? Um, I would assume that there's still something that Sultai and Four Color decks do. Okay, I just didn't. I didn't. I I didn't know that Sultai uh, really played too many of them in the first place. Um, but maybe I was mistaken on that. But that seems great. I mean, if you're getting sharked and you can fatal push that, and then especially the Neo Storm deck, that that deck is so obnoxious to lose to. Or honestly, even Rakdos Arcanist when they fame claim fame. Um, you know, a a Dreadhorn Arcanist. That's huge to be able to fatal push it. So. You know, the more and more we talk about it, Fatal Push actually seems like it it could just be much better than Blood Chief's Thirst. Oh, yeah, except if Planes... Then then if that's the case, though, then, like, Planeswalkers become a little bit better in the mirrors. Yeah. It also kills Hydra yeah. Crisis, too. I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's going to be very popular, very good removal spell, um, and we'll see. And then last on my list of potential upgrades just for the current archetypes is Chandra, but I don't have as much faith in Chandra. Does anyone else have this sneaking suspicion that Chandra won't be good? Yeah, I'm kind of feeling that as well, even though it's like one of my favorite Planeswalkers of all time. Same. But I I mean, I honestly, I think the, the best home this card's going to have is in like the sideboard of Rakdos Arcanist for just kind of having a plan B along with Young Pyromancer when your opponent has those really hateful graveyard cards, you know, because that just colds that deck. Always mm. has been that case. See, so I feel I like... Yeah, I, I like the Hazaret plan. Yeah, the Hazaret plan is pretty good too. I must say. Yeah, yeah I, don't I don't know. I I I'm, really don't know how to value it. Yeah, I'm 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 a big proponent for the 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 Hazaret plan out of Rakdos Arcanist. Maybe it's not good enough anymore, but when mm-hmm. I saw that for the first time, I was like, damn, that that's really smart. Because you know, in open t- uh, deckless tournaments, um, you know how much graveyard hate they have, so you can gauge that pretty well. Yeah, and and if they have a ton, you just bring in these hazards and try to thought season and go aggro, and you have this thing that actually can clock them. Yeah, that um, was a cool plan. I, I definitely did play that for a while. I think the only think, other thing that we can factor in for Chandra is like what decks could abuse going from four mana on turn four to seven on turn five. And the only thing that comes to mind is like God Pharaoh's gift, but red isn't really a God's Pharaoh's gift color. So I don't know if that really has anything, but I think. Chandra has a super powerful role specifically in um any deck where you're like playing your your main game plan is removal spells basically. Mm. Uh Chandra is like kind of like the perfect top end for that kind of a deck because it is itself another removal spell but also uh provides you with gas and your removal kind of helps protect Chandra's as well. So like any any deck where that's uh kind of how the deck works, I, I think Chandra is gonna be like a really strong top end. Um I, I don't really know enough about current historic to know if that's a playable strategy or not. Um yeah. whereas Hazret Hazret's more of a different thing where it's like you're playing a more proactive game plan and your game plan is getting disrupted. Uh and then Hazret is another proactive game plan that's very hard to disrupt and is a one like a one card winning. It's a one card that can win the game by itself. Um, so I think those are two very different things. So I don't really think they necessarily compete with each other in terms of like 
what deck would want them or where they would slot in. It just, it, I think it's just a different thing entirely. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree. Oh, with I that. completely well, agree with that. Like, I, well, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I got one last point to make on Chandra. And one thing we didn't think of, which will for sure be prevalent, is think about your opponent playing this on turn four of your assault type opponent or whatever. And they just go Chandra and you think for a bit, you're like, hmm, okay, that resolves. They're going to tick up and then, you know, just deal me too because they have nothing else to do. You're like, that resolves. They tick up and you're like, in response, Aether Gust that, get wrecked. <laughs> Oh, sure. That is a bad interaction for Chandra. That's interesting. Yeah, it just stays exiled. Be like, I'll take two. <laughs> yeah, I never even thought about that. That is that is a pretty gasser interaction. <laughs> yeah, the, and I that mean, Aethergust is, is everywhere because of goblins, so. Yeah, but going back to what Brian was saying, I, I just, I didn't want to pass over that. I thought that was like a really good thing to say. Um, uh, I, I, the one point I wanted to make about that, too, is that Chandra also... I feel like was at its best when your removal matters and they also needed to use removal against you. Mm. You know what I mean, Brian? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And so like in a lot of games, if your opponent also has to interact with your stuff, um, you know, then these games can come up where someone's going to interact with someone allowing a turn four or five Chandra to be really well placed. Um, yeah. But the, but the problem with this format is I think that cards like Ember Cleave, and and collected company and even like you know uh mayhem devils and stuff like you you can't tick you can't tick this card down one is such a vulnerable amount of loyalty oh yeah uh and goblins with haste and 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 things of that nature so i would be a little surprised if if chandra is even a playable main deck card maybe mm -hmm. it's a cyborg card for a few matchups um, I could see, you know, Team or Neostar maybe playing something because it has this card of energy thing and it does some cool things. Who knows? Like, it's a very powerful magic card, but I, you know, like to me, I think a lot of the cards are whiffs. I mean, the, the, at least for upgrading things, I think Fatal Push, Shram and Fastlands are really the big ones that I'm going to be interested in, in upgrading decks, but we haven't talked about decks that potentially could try to fight in the format. So it's all not yeah. negative. I also think, I mean, Scrap Heap Scrounger, we haven't really talked about that. That is a strong card. Oh, yes. Oh, I forgot about Scrap Heap Scrounger. Scrounger, Scrounger definitely, like, will go into decks like uh, like Mono Black Aggro, maybe maybe into a Rakdos Arcanist Cyborg or so. Probably not, because it's already, like, gets hit by the graveyard. But also... Could just be Scrounger. a Rakdos main deck, couldn't it? I mean, just, just mm. you know, milling over that with Stitcher Supplier seems kind of sweet. Yeah, that's true. I mean... It, it it's tougher card for me to think that I mean the card is very good because it's resilient yeah but it's not powerful and doesn't interact at a decent rate so I think that its best chance of seeing play is in a is in a deck like mono black where it wants to play hand disruption and threats right and aggressive yeah and honestly I think this brings us back to the point that BBD made I think it was last week where scrounger was like a really good plan when just having a game plan of a deck was just to go long and never run out of gas. But now every deck does that. So Scrounger's ability is not that cool anymore. Like Uro never runs out, you know, all the, all these other cards, all these other decks don't run out of steam anymore where you would, you would just kill everything for the longest time and then eventually win with your Scroungers back in the day. And I just don't think magic's about that anymore right now. So I wouldn't be surprised if Scrounger goes into exactly mono black and nothing else.
you know? I mean, I think, I think actually in historic, you kind of run out of more gas than you do in standard, right? You think so? I think you, yeah, I've, I've definitely played games where one player just kind of gets attritioned out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in a format where everything is that much more aggressive and that it's much more, more linear. linear. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you it, standard is a format where you can afford to be a little slower deck that never runs out of gas, but it's it's much harder to be that deck the older the formats go because you have to be able to react immediately to things that your opponent's doing. And cards mm-hmm. that can do that or cards that are more like linearly aggressive tend to not be the ones that also go long. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. All right. So one before we move on, I just want to bring up one card that I think could see some sideboard action, um, potentially against certain decks is Authority of the Councils. Now, this was a shitty card that I always oh, liked yeah. in the past. And um it, it was anti-combo. Anti kitty cat. Anti kitty cat. One white. All your opponent's creatures enter the battlefield tapped. And whenever a creature comes into play, you gain one life. I think it's for both players. Maybe it's just whenever your opponent has a creature. <gasps> I think it was it any creature. Yeah. I could be wrong. Under no under an opponent's control gain of life. No. Okay. Okay. So so what this I can only think of two things that this is very good at. This mm-hmm. is extremely good at stopping goblins from killing you the turn things happen. And then Wratham. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And then uh so they can't just kill you with a Muxus. And then it also always stops the Neo Storm deck dead in its tracks from killing you. Yeah, this seems like a Teferi's best friend to me. You know, any kind of Azorius Teferi style deck. Um, just, just a solid, and I mean, good against aggressive decks that have any kind of haste. So mono red burn, um, stuff like that, you know, and not that there's a lot of that in the format, but I don't know if we can go that far though. What about even like gruel, you know? Well, well, maybe, maybe a gruel, but so what I think about this, when I look at this card, I'm like, why is cage not better in the two examples you brought up? Well, to be fair, there is artifact hate. So that's one of them. But I actually think that a card like authority of the councils mm-hmm. is for a deck that still wants to search its library for creatures or use the graveyard, but also ever wants to interact with these <laughs> decks. So Bant control, maybe that plays a no, no, Bant no, no. Uro. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe like yeah. Um, it, it's just something for these decks that you don't want them to to kill you with their untapped and there's not many of them it's just a card that i thought you know this looks like the kind of card that might like slip through no one really looks at it and then there's there's this like perfect spot for it and um you know maybe like authority of the councils might be like the kethis card right yeah like i don't know if brian you'd want to play this in your kethis deck but you know like if you're worried about goblins or neostorm killing you and you don't want to play cage um, you know, this is that kind of a card. I don't think that I would want this card. Uh, I would say definitely not against goblins, possibly, possibly against like Neostorm. Um, because you have to be able to, you know, if you're still going to be dead to it the following turn, it doesn't do you a whole lot of good. The only thing I love is like the just the games where they like play a Cranko and already have a War Chief in play and try to make those goblins. Gaining the life for that and then not immediately just taking six or whatever is so much better than Cage in that in that little mid game against Goblins, you know? They oh, both stop sure. the combo kill, which is important, but it stops that Cranko just value attack you for six, kind of set up lethal for next turn. That, that seems cute to me. I don't know if cute is uh, good enough to just be good, but. I mean, it, it is it is good at 
like it's good at protecting yourself, but if you can't capitalize on the protection it provides you, then it's not worth playing. Yeah, completely yeah. understand that. Makes sense. But yeah, that's a card to keep an eye on, though. That's kind of cool. All right, so let's actually talk about some of the new archetypes that people are considering. I've seen a lot of articles and a lot of hype about things. I want to actually go through it and, you know, vote yay or nay and discuss things. And the first, I think, on everyone's mind is Marvel. Now, Marvel oh, yeah. was a dominant force and standard. Um, we all played it at one time or another. Mm -hmm. um, and this card is very energy centric right four mana artifact legendary artifact whenever a permanent you control is put into the graveyard you get an energy a six energy and tap this look at the top six cards of your library you may cast a spell among them without paying their mana cost put the rest on the bottom of your library this was in standard at the same time eldrazi around and a lot of people were like well why would they have done that um i do believe that this was around the time when it was supposed to be six set standard and then they reversed that so when the Eldrazi were only supposed to see the Aetherworks Marvel for maybe like three months. Instead, it was, you know, a year until they banned it or what have you. Um, and uh, it was dominant and they banned it. But now it's showing up in modern, but energy is only in this set, right? Kaladesh Remastered is the only place you can find energy. So any energy cards you play, you'll have to find from here. And... Mm -hmm. That that's you know that constricts the 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 archetype. Do you guys think that Marvel has a shot, or is this format too powerful for Marvel to have the speed it needs? I think it. I think it's the deck, the new archetype for sure, that has the the highest ceiling. Personally, like I th I think not just the traditional team or energy that we saw. I don't think that deck's going to be good enough. Although that is what people I think are going to start with. And, you know, have a couple functional upgrades, you know, make the mana base a little bit better. But I think there's some hope for maybe some kind of soul type mid-range Marvel combo. I know you have to play a lot of the same energy cards, but maybe not be all in on on trying to just, you know, have Harness Lightning well, what, what and Whirler. This, what does this do? Well, you know, just have a tune Rogue Refiner, the green puzzle knot and then just the soul time mid-range stuff and i'm not even saying that's for sure what what the next level could be but i think there's some configuration of a different color combination with the cards in historic that makes a good marvel deck because we still have ulamog we still have the payoff and that's still insanely powerful but they do have to adapt and adjust to goblins and some of these really aggressive things so right now in its normal uh team or marvel that we've seen before i don't think it's powerful enough but I think there's a chance that that deck could be good in a different kind of shell. I think it. I think this will be very good, and um, I, I don't think it is too slow for the format. I I think any kind of all-in Marvel deck is going to be very bad, um, hmm. where you're just trying to like get six energy and play a Marvel in turn four and hit Ulamog like that. I don't think that's going to be good at all. Hmm. But at the end of marvel's reign and standard there was a version of it that was kind of like a control deck that had marvel and that deck was incredibly good and exactly. i think that's what we're going to see again it's going to be like uh tune with aether harness lightning rogue refiner uro um and that's going to be the base shell and then you're going to have the ability for marvel uh to hit like you know, a couple Ulamogs or something probably, but you're gonna you're gonna have that as part of the deck, but you're gonna be a functioning deck outside of that. You're not gonna be all in on it. 
And, you know, like you can just get your energy through game, like normal gameplay. Uh, you know, your Uro, you play an Uro and sack it. That's one energy for Marvel. You know, Fabled like, Passage. Fabled Passage, another energy for Marvel. Mm-hmm. While you're playing this interactive game plan, drawing cards, um, prolonging the game. And there's no real way to brick on a Marvel with that because if you if you look at your top six cards and there's no like Ulamog, well you weren't all in on that strategy anyway. Like you can hit yeah. a rogue refiner and do it again the next turn. You know, like Do you think it I, has to be teamer? Um I, I know you said harness lightning, so I was wondering if you like think a Sultai version or even four color is pot because I think it does have to be Sultai or Teamer or or four color. I don't think you can really put white into the mix because there wasn't really good energy. I mean, it's definitely green-blue based with Burrow, Rogue Refiner, and Harness Lightning. Or, sorry, and a team with Aether. It doesn't necessarily have to be a Harness Lightning deck. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure exactly what it will look like, but I I do think that this will be a very good deck in the format. Yeah, even Growth Spiral, Nissa, those are cards that weren't along with it. Who knows if that's the way you want to go. That deck deck honestly sounds gas. I would take out the Aetherworks Marvels and I'd throw those Nissas and Growth Spirals in. Fucking sounds good. Maybe some thoughts. Thoughtseizes might be good in this deck too. Oof. Sounds fucking great, guys. I am so in and ready for that. Um, I think we broke it, and that's the episode, everyone. Thank you so much. Like, subscribe. <laughs> I mean, I just I think that like I, I just genuinely think that there's a lot of control style shells. Mm-hmm. And one of the issues that control decks generally have in formats like this is closing. Yeah, it's closing the game. It, it's like uh, you can never really have enough answers for all the wildly different things your opponents can do, or it's really hard to have the right answers for all the wildly different things. So you have to be able to close the game. Like one of the reasons that Sultai was playable is because Nissa closed the game. Like mm-hmm. if it wasn't a, for a card like Nissa that closed the game, that deck would have been horrifically bad in my opinion oh so i I, I I think that marvel is a very powerful game closer for a deck like that i could i agree with that my my biggest concern though is having the deck building constraint like when you say like rogue refiner you guys know how much i love rogue refiner yeah but i am not interested in playing rogue refiner in this format like at all yeah it does seem underpowered now because it's just it does seem underpowered like if i'm on the draw uh, I can play Rogue Refiner, and then my opponent can like Gross Spiral and hit me with a Nissa. You know, like I, Uro's. I already have Uro in my deck, so like I, I don't think I don't think you can play both because that is a lot of cantripping three mana effects. I mean, after Nissa, you could just untap, play Marvel, hit Ulamog, and take their Nissa in a land as well. But I but mean, they could un, they could untap and have negate, and then you're done. Then not, you're toast, not, you know? It's not that often that you get six energy and interact with your opponent unless you got like a clean hit with a with a harness lightning. Yeah, or the puzzle knot. But yeah, puzzle knot is also a, de- a card I'm not really super hyped to uh, be submitting either. Yeah, I don't think puzzle knot would be in these decks. But... Yeah, probably not. Yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting. But I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you though, BBD. I think there is some shell that just gets to play a little bit more controlling and and you know kind of go from there but i also just could see it being heinous but i'm definitely gonna try definitely gonna try when it comes out on wednesday because that uh, sounds fun all right now now i want to talk about the combo that i'm excited about all right and what i'm excited about is blue white gift Ooh, right, yes. so, so so god's pharaoh gift already exists but we've been using it alongside uh gift of the pharaoh or whatever gate of the afterlife 
Yeah, in oh, mono black. Yeah. yeah, and and because that's the only way to do it. Now, one of the cards that is coming out in the set is Refurbish. It is three colorless white, sorcery, return an artifact from your graveyard to play. Now, this was the powerful way that you got uh uh God's Fair Gift into play in center back in the day was just mm -hmm. you milled it and or you looted it over or milled it and then brought it back with refurbish. Um yeah. and you know. So the real the real talk though, there there are people that play rest in peace. There are scavenge newses in this format. There are ways to interact with this, right? So yeah. it's not the easiest cling to, to dust or whatever too. Yeah, cling to dust is out. I mean, there's even other people can hate it even harder. Um, but what's cool about permanent based things like scavenge news and and rest in peace is this deck already probably wants to play. Um the apparition. What's the standard call the two two? Skyclave apparition. Yeah, yeah. Skyclave apparition already, which answers these cards because apparition will come back, eat something, and be a four four. Um, yeah, so that that's all, awesome. Yeah, that's already a card that this deck probably wants to play because it's a cheap interactive spell that also um, is decent to animate and decent to hit the hate cards. Um, and also, then I just get to play Champion of Wits again because that is one of my my all time <laughs> favorite cards. So is that there, uh, that, there... that I question because if you think Rogue Refiner is too slow for this format, mm -hmm. how is Champion of Wits not too slow? Oh, I don't think this deck is going to be good. This is where I'm going to waste my money and time. Gotcha. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm not going to waste it on Marvel. I'm going to waste it on Blue White Gift because this this deck spoke to me back in the day, and even though I didn't, even play, I didn't even well that I suck and you shouldn't play me I didn't listen um, <laughs> because I mean I did listen because I only played energy for the entire time and beat the crap out of it uh, yeah but it was still like one of my favorites like I can have a pet deck and never play it right mm -hmm. um, I mean I was just I was smart back in the day in standard if you weren't playing Glorybringer Chandra a tune with Aether well pretty much if you weren't playing Chandra and Glorybringer and either Team or Energy or Rakdos you were doing it wrong See, that's where we differ, Brad, because I do play my pet decks in tournament, and I win 25 to 33% of the time. So <laughs> every time. Every definitely time. working out very well. And Brad, I'm pretty sure you played blue-white control when red-black was the when was the deck, so... Oh, at that, at that one Pro Tour. Yeah, yeah. Oof, that was... Uh, let's not bring back the memories. No kidding. <laughs> I, I, I punted to not top eight that. Yeah, I went seven bad. one into one seven. Ugh, bad cost, times cost me Hall of Fame. I did. Uh, I did make platinum that weekend actually, but it was off of a nine seven finish. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. That tournament no, I think actually that tournament was great. So I, I just remember this. There's a pro tour where I punted, and I was really I was going deep. I just beat John Finkel in a feature match. I'm going deep, and I punt, and I don't make top eight, and I am destroyed uh brian and amber and i were all staying at the same hotel so we drove back and yep. and i'm i'm being mopey and just like not really there not like well i wasn't trying to make it anyone else's problems i was feeling my own feelings yeah and but during that time brian was like well at least you locked platinum and i'm just ignoring him right <laughs> and then like 30 minutes later i'm like I, i'm finally ready to break out right the chemicals are gone i'm ready to break out of it and I just look at him like, well, on the bright side, I, at least I got platinum. 
And Brian's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've been trying to tell you that. You know, <laughs> yeah, he, just, he just ignored me every single time I said it. And then he discovered it on his own. It was like, yeah. oh, I made platinum. It's like, dude, I've been saying that for the last 30 minutes. Like, <laughs> welcome, to just, welcome to just being close to Brad Nelson. It, that, that's a normal occurrence, whether it was when we were kids or magic results. You know, it, it's yeah. That was I actually. Uh, <laughs> Actually, like I went nine and seven in that tournament, but it was actually pretty sweet because I started one and four. You have to go four and four to make day two. And at one and four, I played like the worst matchup, which we didn't think was going to show up that much in the tournament because we didn't think it was a good deck. But when you're one and four, that's where you play those decks. Yeah. And so and I ended up barely squeaking out a win. Uh, well, it was like the green black uh, energy deck, right? Oh yeah, we, had, we were really bad for that matchup because they had uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. they had a uh, life crash life crafters bestiary, which you could just never outgrind. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up winning um, simpler times. Up, <laughs> yeah, I ended up winning. I went four. I like I won the last three rounds to make day two at four and four, and then went five and three the next day. And I needed nine and seven to hit platinum, and I got exactly nine and seven. So. I was actually really happy <laughs> about nine and seven. And usually people are like, oh, nine and seven, man. Sorry about the bad weekend. I'm like, bad weekend. I was one and four. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just I remember commiserating you at Olive Garden that night. Like, I'm seven one. I was like, oh, sorry about the rough day, BVD. And you're like, yeah, it'll be fine. And then I just go one seven the next day. That was a roller coaster of emotions for all of us, that pro tour. It was, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, one thing I want to ask about getting back to the topic here, one thing I want to ask about Blue White Gift is like, is there any new cool thing that we get to bring back that wasn't there besides like Skyclave Apparition? Or I mean, what what was the cards that we even brought back? Angel of Invention, right? Like there's got to be something better now yeah. to bring back. That That's a big thing for me about this deck. And, and Skyclave Apparition is, hu- is a huge draw because you need that. Like, the, yeah. the issue that I have with this deck is what are you bringing back that is either winning you the game at when you bring it back or is making sure your opponent doesn't win the game when you bring it back? Because there's going to be a mm-hmm. lot of games where, because um, like a deck, like I mean, this is honestly just another Marvel deck, but I think it's even more um, kind of all-in deck because you, a lot more of your deck is dedicated towards the Godfarer's Gift combo than what like I think Marvel has to dedicate to. Yeah. So you are kind of becoming this combo deck where you're playing a lot of bad cards dedicated to this combo. Yeah, the payoff has to be there for it. Um, and that's Wait. I guess that's the question is, is like, what is there like I, and I'm sure there's there's a lot of new cards now that weren't around. when We play this in standard or different cards. So. Doesn't it sidestep cage, though? Gift like wasn't that one of the big Gift? draws is. Yeah, gifts because it like makes cage. a token or something instead of actually bringing it back. Yeah, uh, yeah, it exiles and, and creates yeah. a token. That's why the Angel of Invention is so powerful with it because Angel of Invention is base 2-1. So if you fabricate 2 onto it, it's just a 4-3. But in this, it's a haste 6-6, six, six, you know? Well, that is pretty cool that you can play Graftigger's Cage as a hate card for goblins and still do your thing with Gift. I mean, that's that's some kind of space that's that's cute in the metagame that we, we're at. But yeah, overall, all these things, unless we can find a big payoff, that has some huge impact. It it doesn't seem like it. I mean, I don't be... think there's a payoff that's not just like value. So there's like this card. <laughs> yeah. There's the Scholar of the Lost Trove. It's a five blue blue five five, and it's a big. It's just a big flyer. 
But when okay. it comes into play, you can cast an instant sorcery or, for whatever reason, artifact from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. So this is a card that you can, like, refurbish your Godfrey's gift, return it, and now if you have, like, a glass casket, a strategic planning, some other type of manipulation in your deck or another Godfrey gift, you can, like, bring those back. Mm. Um, and And so, like, you know, that's cool, but it's just value. And... Like, there's so many cards that just have value in this format already, and there's not as difficult to get set up. So, no, like, this is a, this, yeah, this is a sidestepping. This is the deck that you want to play Cajun, and, and you have, you know, some interaction, but no, I, I don't think this will be good enough. This is like meme well stream, you know? What about Pelucranos? Doesn't it become a 10 10? Uh, Pelucranos would be, would in fact become a 10 10. Boom, we did it. Our blue, white, green, black, God Pharaoh's gift, Pelucranos deck. I mean, if you're already <laughs> doing that, you might as well just play the, the mono black version because it already kind of has that effect, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose. Well, that'll be interesting. Hopefully, uh, maybe someone listening can break uh, a gift deck and uh, tag us on Twitter and we'll uh, we'll give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, and, and then the other thing is like Constructor, we already talked about that. We don't think that's going to be there. And like, I, you know, vehicle aggro is a potential with toolcraft exemplars and, you know, I mean, that, that, that is, sorry to interrupt you there, bro, but that is something that is just fast enough where it's proactive, like toolcraft into heart, into disintegrate something. It, it, it seems like that has a chance in the new world more than constrictor because it is just fast. You put the pressure on, um, I mean, if it's fast enough in this format, that's a question, but I mean, like Soltai probably wouldn't want to play against a deck that has some vehicles um, as well <laughs> as, you know, a curb that's pretty spread out. I, I, I don't know. I, that one, I, I have somewhat of hope, but maybe maybe that's misguided. I mean, the mana is probably pretty good for the deck and Thoughtseize does play well with, with uh, you know, I think Kardakirin and how heavy these things hit. But the problem is, is mm -hmm. the removal is so good in this format and the other decks have you know, they can do some really disgusting things like a vehicle deck can like say, hey, look at how hard I'm hitting you. And a Saram deck can just be like, yay, I have a 10-10 lifelinker. That's true. That's true. Maybe like Season Hollow Blade with Heart of Kirin. Maybe that's something cute that we haven't had. But yeah, all that does just kind of seem cute. And when other decks are going to go way over the top. Yeah, I don't, I, I think if Heart of Kirin is, is in a deck, it's not a dedicated Heart of Kirin deck. Um, like, think it's just I, like know, a two of kind of thing. You know, it, it would be like it would be some sort of you know Thoughtseize Croxa style deck that that can actually play a game with some of these other decks. But at that point, like it almost feels like cards that you're putting in your deck to be able to crew Heart of Kieran and Heart of Kieran itself are acting against your game. And 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 we have to keep in mind, Heart Heart of Kieran at the time was one of the most powerful cards in Standard. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's one of the most powerful cards in Historic. And no. and so investing two turns into one effect just to attack for four, you know that that that's asking a lot in this format. It was great back in the day. It could kill. It could. It went toe to toe with Glorybringer. It could take down a Planeswalker. You know, it did a lot yeah. of powerful things back then. But yeah, I just in the current state of affairs, like it's like you know you how many times I think people are going to try to make Heart of Karen work and they're going to crew it and attack and then die the next turn. You know, it's probably going to happen a thousand times on day one. Yeah, but holy crap. Turn two Heart of Kieran into Oko Thief of Crowns. I just cannot imagine. That would just be disgusting. That is the only thing that I would think in the new era would be busted if it was allowed. That's for sure. 
The only thing in the new era that will be buzzed if it's allowed, they have disallowed so many things. Do you not remember going Fires of Invention, untap, play something, play Orion, play something? No, I, I don't remember that at all. It was only the happiest time in my life, Brad. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But still, that would be absolutely I mean, disgusting. that still wouldn't be good enough Speaking against decks of, like uh, Teamer or Goblins. Speaking of disallowed, disallow is in the format. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, that was a powerful counterspell at the time that would never in a million years see any play. Um, one thing you noted here was talking about gear hulks. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you said that, or like you wrote down that you don't think they're good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a guarantee. Um, yeah. Which one do you think would be good? Just based on precedent, uh, Torrential and and the white one, I can't remember its name. Cataclysmic. Cataclysmic. I think both of those are cards that I'm not saying like, oh, there's going to be a deck that plays these. You know, like it's not going to be a focal point of a strategy, but those are both cards that have seen modern play and that do have a very impactful effect and high power level mm-hmm. to where I wouldn't be shocked if they slotted into decks sideboard or you know two of in the main deck or you know whatever it is that I, even I with disputes for torrential yeah well huh. but 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 dispute is only a mere thing you can board it out like right like like torrential gearhark wasn't good in blue mirrors yeah that's a good point yeah that that's not yeah exactly what brad huh. said like not every deck's playing dispute you know yeah, it was more of an anti-aggro card wasn't it back in the day just really strong against any aggressive strategy yeah, yeah i can it, see it yeah also well also one thing to keep in mind um drencher gearhulk has a best friend and um there's another best friend so um i don't know if someone's gonna get cuckolded or they're just going to start a, a you know a what's a polyamorous relationship but Narset plus Commit plus Drencher Gearhulk just sounds like a game plan. Like, mm, sounds like your opponent would be cold to that. Yes, yes, <laughs> your opponent would be cold to that. Uh, but like, you know, you think about it. So if you have a Narset in play, after your opponent draws for the turn, you can Drencher Gearhulk your memory, and and they just have nothing. <laughs> wow. Or, or, how about this? You refurbish back your God Pharaoh's gift, bring Gear Hulk back, target refurbish to hit the other God Pharaoh's gift. Well, you can't do that because... Uh, you can't do that, yeah. Refurbish is a sorcery, and this can only hit instants. Oh, it was Bro. only instants. Okay, I thought it was instants and sorceries. It's been a while since I cast that card, let me tell you. But even beyond the blue Gear Hulk, the white... The thing about the white Gear Hulk is that it is actually a really strong card against decks who are kind of combo oriented and rely on flooding the board with a lot of like things to, to like to get their go to get going. Like for example, um, I, I lost with lantern control to that card a number of times, um, <laughs> yeah. which I know that sounds absurd to say, but that it did happen uh, because it just, your, your deck is based around assembling all these different pieces. And yeah. I mean, I look at some of the decks in the format right now. It's like, I think that that card would probably be a good card against goblins, you know, like. And they auras. Do, they, yeah, they do their whole thing. You play this card, you know, like some of these other decks, like I, I could see that card being a good control uh, stabilizer. Yeah. 
I can see that good against auras as well. Just make them sack all but one aura attached to their creature. Or... The problem, the problem with that is you already let them do their thing, and because they're going to have eight, that means they drew a hand, and they're probably just going to be able to reload. Right. Yeah. I'll just do it again the next time, next turn. But still, yeah, still something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I'm thinking it could be good against like you know sacrifice decks try to build a wide board. Yeah, and. and I also think Cataclysmic Gear Hulk is not a top end of a control deck like Gear, Torrential Gear Hulk. I think of Cataclysmic Gear Hulk as a deck that like gets plays to the board a little bit against a deck that plays more to the board. Yeah, it's, it's stopgap kind of measure. Also, that card would be a card that you would probably put at least one copy of into your God Pharaoh's Gift deck. But yeah, that seems like a juicy target. Yeah, they used to play it, right? I'm pretty sure they, they did. did. They oh, they definitely did. Yep. Uh, I mean, so, I mean, in the end, like I said, historic getting new and new sets, it, it just makes the the uh, the dartboard bigger, um, and it's harder to know what's going to actually have an effect on the format and not. But, yeah, like, I think Treacher Gear Hulk is going to be somewhere that I start, uh, you know, for fun control-ish decks. Um, I'm definitely interested in Saram um, and playing a little bit with that and seeing how that's going. Um and and anything with fatal push, but besides that, you know, I'm I'm not that confident that this set's going to have a giant impact on the format. Yeah, I tend to agree with you as well. Um, you know, just doesn't it, it, it's kind of an eye opening thing to look at Kaladesh as being eh, not that impactful. You know, <laughs> this set's pretty pretty medium uh, when it was really so dominant in its time and standard. But historic is a completely different beast with so much more powerful cards, not only of what's been printed since, but all the stuff they brought from pre from behind Kaladesh. So I'm just happy I'm with you. I don't know if that's that surprising, to be honest, because I don't recall Kaladesh dominating modern or anything either. And yeah. I think the reason is that Kaladesh, the reason that Kaladesh was so brutal for standard is because it is, it is a set with a ton of synergy and a ton of high power level. But the power of the set is in uh, mechanics that are very set specific that don't have like, like energy, for example, there's no energy cards from any other formats, you know, like mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. It's all interest set power level. So when you throw it into a wider format, it's not like you are pairing Kaladesh with some other sets to create these monster decks. All the monster decks that were, that came from it were self-contained within their own format. And they just, you know, maybe they weren't powerful enough to make it in some of the other formats as well. So, uh, to me, that's not surprising. I guess. The yeah. Tournament. Nope, totally makes sense. Yeah, I was uh, just taking a look at something. Honestly, I was just, I was thinking about doing a joke that was that was maybe over the line. And so, just, probably just, a good idea to uh, not do that, Bradley. Yeah, maybe it wasn't over the line. I don't know. You said that there isn't any other energy cards in 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 the format but i i think earl's got some big dick energy mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah i think that's totally fine joke to make also what the fuck dude yeah, totally, <laughs> totally fine joke but holy crap was that not funny there's one thing that i do and don't take this as just a complaint but you know, like they're going to be keep remastering these sets, which is great because that means that we're finally going to get to like Pioneer or Modern or what have you onto Arena. 
mm-hmm. and and you know MTGO should be afraid, except it's owned by the same company. Uh, you know, they just keep doing these old sets. But if they're also going to do sets like uh, Jumpstart and what have you and put it on here, then these sets probably aren't going to have a high impact because those cards, they're pushing for sales. You know, this, this they're just trying to get arena sales, but they're not reprinting anything. Jumpstart is a set with sales. That set had old cards like Dualcaster Mage that is like at a very high power level, new cards like Muxus that I can't even explain to you why someone would want to print that. <laughs> and, or Collected Company and stuff like that, for sure. Yeah, just throwing Collected Company into this format. And, and, and you know, well, Collected Company is a, I think one of the best cards to be in this format because it's an actual love it or hate it kind of card. And I do think yeah. that it's pretty balanced uh, for a format like this. I'm just saying it's more of a chase card because people love it, you know, so people wanted to buy that. They wanted to spend four rare wild cards on yeah, that for in, sure. In current, yeah. in current day, they're going to make decisions to put, put cards into that set based on certain factors. Humans are deciding that now. They're not deciding on these old remasters. I mean, they are deciding which cards to remove, but that's yeah. playing it safe. They're removing the things to play it safe. Um, whereas these other things, they're motivated by selling. So if they continue mm-hmm. to make supplementary products and continue to remaster sets, I think the remastering will have a lower and lower effect on the format. No, that totally makes sense to me. Um, and that's just me talking my ass. That's all I got for this week. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, uh, I got one more thing. You, okay. you hit us with that one more thing, BBD. All right, so the reason that Kaladesh is the worst set they've ever made is not just because it was horrendous for Standard with, like, Sahili and Felidar, the stupidity of Aetherworks Marvel, obscene cards like Card of Kirin and Scrap Heap Scrounger, and the beginning of the new era where they have to ban, like, a million cards from Standard because you, you made a bunch of horrible mistakes. It also sucked as a limited set. Do you remember Renegade Freighter, the worst, oh, <laughs> worst limited cards to have to play against ever? Oh, like, it, it did suck. It wasn't even a good limited format. Like, oh man, it's it's uh oh they took all right, Renegade, that's all I got. Oh, they took Renegade Freighter out of the set. They did, yeah. I, I oh I went back and looked. They it's not in there. It's wow, not they're in just the like remaster. nah. Now nah, that card was even too good and limited. We're just gonna, we know people will hate this what card. Was, We're just gonna take it off un- for safety. What was the uncommon and is that in the set? I'm scrolling. That's Untethered Express. That was from the next set. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is with, this is both sets combined because yeah, Fatal Push was <laughs> yeah. from Aether Revolt as well, right? No, yeah, I'm pretty no, sure what Untethered saying, Express, yeah. I think, is still in there. Yeah, okay. so I just want to remember because I remember them having the most absurd common for and then and then they printed a an even more pushed version but it was uncommon we're like at least it's fucking uncommon <laughs> yeah that, that was from uh aether revolt i i just i think uh vehicles might be the worst mechanic that they've ever made <laughs> i just don't think they balanced them correctly but i don't i don't agree i actually i rather enjoyed playing with sky sovereign i thought it was awesome i speaking actually of, really speaking enjoyed which, speaking of which sorry. boat boat is in the format you know what Boat loves? Costing four mana instead of five. Kethis combo! Let's go! Yeah. No, honestly, the, Boat wasn't in there before, right? In, huh? you, what Boat wasn't in Historic? No. 
Yeah. So one thing about boat, you know, it, a minor thing in a tier two and a half deck. Which is that mono green sovereign council flagship though? So people that haven't played with the set know what we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Five mana, yes. six five vehicle. Whenever it comes into play or attacks, deals three damage target creature or player. Crew three, if I my memory serves creature me right. Creature or planeswalker, not hit player. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, gotcha. But you know, just in the mono green Karn deck, I, I the only thing that was lacking was a good uh, stop at a, a five drop. <laughs> sure, you know, sure, sure. The fucking Karn deck gets an artifact. Great, done. Thank you. Next. That'll you that'll it. be you my time here, it. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> you know, card is really hard to beat with Kethis. It was uh, Mayhem Devil. Mayhem Devil is three toughness. Bang. Oh baby! Yeah. Boat, yeah. Yeah. Can't you just play Oath of Kaya? Uh, boat baby! Yeah! <laughs> Alright! Only boat one more mana, you get a What about Veraska? Boat, boat baby! baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alright, alright. That, that is gonna conclude this week's episode. Thank you everyone That's for a bad time. listening. Remember, the Bash Bros Battles is this Sunday. To enter, join our Patreon at any tier. Our lowest tier is $5. You'll then be able to see um, a post in there that gives all details about the tournament, including how to enter it. Uh, We're excited Mm -hmm. to see you then. Um, But, uh, and thank you again, BCW Supplies, for sponsoring the tournament. 1,500 total in total prizes, asterisks. Um, And uh, that's, that's all I've got for this week. Brian? Thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're truly appreciated member of our society, and we love every second we get with you. Wow. Thank you so much. And I got to say, the feeling is mutual. It is truly a pleasure to have been able to be on this episode of the Brothers Who Bash podcast. Thank, Thank you, you so yeah, Brian, much. Brian, it's been great. I know you're having trouble keeping food down, so you're you're vomiting stuff out. But we we appreciate that you verbally vomit onto this podcast as well so it, it, it has been great but have, i've been struggling to keep food down but there's something else that i've been keeping up so and what is it your spirits yes it is your deck count are you playing a lot of yorian decks or uh yeah but 60 card yorian dog the new oh, one yeah. is you oh, wish you okay. had a 60 card yorian deck <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> and on that note, that's what do you guys say deck. we do the cast and crew? Yeah, that's enough deck jokes for one cast. Let's yeah, Brian's uh, a little limited on them. <laughs> uh, came up came up a bit short with the next joke. Uh, I think these are my favorite. Oh shit! Of, oh, of the last two years, I appreciated this last minute the most. all right anyway it is time to talk about the casting crew the casting crew on the bachelor's podcast is our lovely patreon patrons that subscribe 20 to uh 20 or more each month and they become part of our casting crew that we honor them at the end of every episode now i bring that up about the 20 is there are people that subscribe more and those people that subscribe for more and support us Please respond to my Patreon messages so I can get information from you and send you cool shit. (laughs) We need that info to send you some cool stuff. And let me tell you, if you're referring to the shirts, bro, they are cool. They are super cool. 
They are super cool. But yes, please respond to your Patreon messages. They are there and uh, we'll be able to get that all off once you all respond. Anyway, let's start off with the cast and crew for this week. <laughs> Oppo is our research director. Now, when we have difficult you know, topics, we need Oppo to help us. And we're like, hey, we're going to talk about Kaladash Remastered, but we don't know anything about where to get it. And Oppo's like, it's at this link. And we're like, what, well, what is the link? And they're like, I don't know. This is a bad joke. I'm, I'm just going to give up. Shame me if you need to. I don't know where I was going. I just had to give up. I was way in too deep. And they're like, what's the link? And it's like, oh, it's mtgmelee.com. And it's like, oh, that's the site that sponsors the Bash Bros podcast, which can be found weekly on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Wapa is Brad's personal barista, but also Dog Walker. Yes. Oh, two jobs. Two jobs. Me, which makes a lot of sense because I'm a human. So. Do you want to know why Wapa won't walk you? Why is that? Because you don't talk the talk. I knew that's what it was going to be. I knew it. Ah, I was hoping I was wrong, but I was not. Impressive stuff. Impressive stuff. And of course, we have one person that writes all of these impressive comments. So if you didn't like the beginning of the podcast, but you just love the zingers at the end, no matter what, you got you to gotta put that up to Adham. Adham is our ghostwriter and writes every single word that we say, including all the rambles. So at times we wonder what Adham is even talking about, but we just don't, we don't ask questions and we just say the words. I actually just watched the movie about the famous ghostwriter. Oh, did you? Trumbo? Nicholas Cage. Hmm. What? No, no. Trumbo. <laughs> I believe that's Ghost Rider, BBD. Samuel Longhorn Clemens. <laughs> Uh, that's too big brain for me. I have no clue what you're talking about. Neither do I. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. David Watt is up next, who is our special guest screener and probably should have done a better job this week. Uh, mm, but David, yeah. David does fine work. Nothing, ex you know, really, really just, you know, that uh, staying on the same career path kind of decisions. It yeah. ain't much, but it's honest work. It's consistent. That's, Let's just say it's that. Honest work. That's that's a good way to put it. <clears throat> All right. We also got uh, Gino Batista actually was originally supposed to be the guest this week, uh, but couldn't make it. So we actually have a we have a guard on the inside at the prison where Gino's at. And mm. that guard let us know that Gino couldn't make the cast because they've been sick lately. They've been actually uh, making a lot of repeat visits to the infirmary. So, oh no! Hope Gino uh, gets better and and can maybe make a later cast. But. Oh, poor Gino! Our thoughts and prayers. You know, hope you feel better there. I know it's they a tough should, spot they, in there. They sh I wish they could come up, but I guess they got down with the sickness. Oh! <laughs> very nice, very nice. Up next, we have one of our nicest members of the casting crew. That is Paul Cat. What was that sound? <laughs> was so that just Brian kidding. drinking his diet Pepsi? No, that must be cracking one. Oh, oh. we missed it. Did we you? only heard oh, the no, sipping. No, it, yeah, yeah, we didn't hear it correctly, but it probably came in on your side on your on your recording. So, so now we're just going to look really weird at saying that. Yeah, we're going to be like, what is that pop sounding? Or that yeah, pop what is that weird sound? sound? And everyone's like, a fucking can opening like every fucking episode, you idiots. 
Yeah, I, cr- <laughs> I cracked it super fast this time. Like I, normally, it's kind of a slow crack. Yeah, but, it must have this, been your mic auto correcting to it. it to be honest, it, it, it might, might have been that a frequency that your your that your mic triggered. You yeah, hit the brown noise on your Diet Pepsi. Because like it normally, it's like you know a second's worth on my audacity of how fast it cracks. And yeah. it, it's just a sliver. It was just a sliver this time. So. I mean, to be fair, yeah. to be fair, like, whatever. Paul is BBD's Wall Street photographer. <laughs> no one cares about that part of this. We all care about the cat. No. We all know it. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even though Paul <laughs> is the one person that actually does great work in, in the Discord. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, that's. And we keep we're not about rewarding. Paul, we keep, keep forgetting to get Paul pictures. Shit. Yeah, didn't Paul just put up a, a a new one here this this recent week? I didn't get it. It was too meta for me. Oh, My issue okay. with Paul, though, is now he started demanding pictures of Spider-Man. So it's just getting a little too much. <laughs> Lots of work out there. All right, yeah, speaking Paul's of gas. too much is Max's responsibility oh, in yeah. Corey's linguistic coach. Hello. We don't care about that. It's all about the can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Max is not getting canned, okay? He still does... He's still needed here. He still needs to do a lot more work, so he cannot be canned. Yeah, we need we need a few more sessions, Max. So if you can uh, yeah. pop to it. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got uh, Phil. And, oh, Phil. Yeah, Phil. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang with Phil. And a uh, cool thing about Phil is yeah. that he also loves Diet Pepsi, and okay. so we've really bonded over about how it's just it's all about the can you know like that's just become our you know bonding moment so but but what does he do though i i mean you like diet pepsi and you're a special guest so we know that phil does something uh come again what was that uh we know phil does something you know that you drank diet pepsi together but what what does he do while he's drinking diet pepsi like you drink diet pepsi and do the cast Wonderfully, I may add, but oh, what does he, Phil do uh, while he drinks Diet Pepsi? He cleans the toilets. Oh, okay. It's all about the can. So it's all oh. about the can. I get it. It's all about the uh, can. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, makes sense to me. Okay. Next up, we got JP, and JP is Phil's job coach. Since BBD does not know what Phil does, clearly we had to get somebody in here to help us figure it out. And JP has come back with nothing. No, no new uh, discoveries yet. Still doesn't know. Yeah. JP, if you could help out, hurry up. We're, uh, we're losing it. Yeah. We might have to, we might have to can JP if he doesn't step up his work soon. Mm. (laughs) Uh, All right. Oh yeah. Jason Florent spelled wrong. That's Corey's nemesis. (laughs) Uh, It's also, it was my turn to speak. Oh, it is. To, I was supposed to introduce Jason Farrakhan. You were. You got it, Brian. <laughs> you got it. You bring it home. They also spelled DVD wrong. They spelled it B-R-A-D. So they, they, can't see, they can't see the writing, man. They would never know if you just shut your mouth. They would have no idea if anything's misspelled. Uh, also, by the way, Brian, what's a nemesis? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me, Brad. This is your... Person, yeah, you added him. <laughs> oh hell no! Don't you dare throw me under the bus again, Corey. <laughs> I, I'm not driving a bus. <laughs> but that's also how Nemesis is spelled. So I know I was making a okay. terrible joke. Anyway, Jason Ferrat is Corey's Nemesis. 
Uh, <laughs> and I'm expecting another confrontation this weekend in the Bash Rose Battles. And the Danny T tournament. I have two chances to play Jason again. So, oh, yeah. yeah wow. you, uh, it's uh, not the Danny T tournament, it's the Fade to Karma Invitational. Don't, sorry, uh, Brandon. Don't you get uh, extra prizes if like they if somebody beats one of you guys in the Bash Bros battles? Yes. So Jason Florent will not be receiving those. No. No right. extra prizes, but still we'll probably win the event. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, next up we got Sultai Abasi, and that is our designated mana dork. You know, so whatever uh whatever kind of mana dorking we need, Sultan's there. Um, you know, flavor of the week is Noble Hierarch. And, did did and you just it. say Sultai Abasi? Sultan. <laughs> okay, I thought I heard Soltai Abasi, and I was like, oh shit, what Soltai Manadork do we have? <laughs> oh shit, yes, I got Eric Null! Fuck yeah, alright, Eric Null is up next, who is the captain of the USS Space Shit? <laughs> Dude, I don't know, Eric Null, yeah. Eric Null's creative, has taken this character a very long place over the year. All of you cast and crew, you should take no from Eric, you too! If you had the ambition, could make shit puns every week. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're right on your way to just being on the cast. <laughs> speaking of speaking of ambition, we got Gare Meldy, who is our merch store manager. And our merch store is looking nice. No, 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 no. Gare Meldy's nice. been working really hard on it, but... We promoted our sweatshirts last week, and you know how many sales we had? How many? Zero. Fucking none. None? I'm looking at oh. all of you out there. Also, <laughs> I don't know if we had any sales. I haven't looked into it. <laughs> yeah, wow. We probably, yeah. <laughs> well, Zero you know why, Brad? a good guess, though, if you had to just throw one out oh, there. Oh, if I had to guess for my life, <laughs> I would pick zero. <laughs> Yeah, probably safe. But the reason Brad has not looked, he's been pretty busy because Patrick has been in charge of our office parties. And let me tell you, we have just been raging lately via Zoom. <clears throat> oh, yes. It is the only party where you can rock out with your... The only, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and cut. <laughs> the only issue with the Zoom parties is... I always forget to turn my camera off before I start masturbating, and it's so unfortunate. <laughs> That's oh, when the party God. really gets going, Brian. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. All right, next up, we've got Filippo Scalenus, who is the Aspros podcast liaison. Now, I don't want to... I, I know that it's a waste of, of resources, but I just don't want to break it to Filippo Scalenus that the Aspros podcast has been... Suspended. It's been canceled. Um, it's been canned. It's yeah. It's been canned. I just don't want to break it to him, but it's it's not around. Maybe you might need a new job since that is a non-existent one. I can't. I can't believe Corey beat me to that can joke. I'm so upset. You're welcome. Dude, you're, losing, you're, welcome. you're losing your step, Brian. <laughs> I am. I'm losing my place. The student. Is still the student, but maybe also the master. <laughs> On the Bash Bros podcast, it can be anything. You know, we can all be whatever we want. Special guest hosts, whatever. You can, you can even be a CEO, which is what Laura is somehow. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Somehow we oh, gave up our, our, our CEO position for our own company to, to someone else. Yeah, yeah. we don't know. 
So. I don't know. You know I, what? I don't know why. I know how. It's because of our last member of the cast and crew, and that's Victor. And that's our executive producer. We've been growing down so much. We were so sick of just running a company. That's why we went to Laura to take care of it. Um, because, you know, I just, I'd rather bro down than run a company. That's just way more fun. Yeah, but that's, that's why you're not going anywhere playing your stupid <laughs> video games. What are you talking about, you fool? I'm on my way to the Four Seasons Total Landscaping site as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going places. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I, I I just thought of that. I need a new button. This is this is the only button I have. I don't want to have to fucking do this shit anymore. Now that was gold. Now I just really want the the room guy's laugh. I need that. I need that one. I just realized it. The room Tommy guy? Wiseau. The Tommy was laugh, yeah. Oh, I don't know what that is. Holy shit. It is good. Good one, Brad. <laughs> you should you should you should go watch the room, Corey. Okay. Hey, I mean, we, we haven't taken a break mid podcast to like Google something yet. So I could just, we could stop and we could just all watch it together before we finish up this podcast. The room, the room is a movie. That's what I'm saying. We could just watch it together before we finish this out. I'm in. The movie's great. All right. This podcast is going to be a long one. Just kidding. It's over. Bye. Bye. Bye.